Hi friends, welcome to Happily Even After. I'm Life Coach Jen, a certified life coach that specializes in relationships. I'm a mom of four awesome kids and one amazing son-in-law, a home decorator, a remodeler, a shopper, a scrabbler, and a snuggler. I want to help you with your relationships, mainly the relationship you have with yourself, your family, and God. Thanks for listening and letting me share the tools I have learned that can help you live happily, even after some of life's greatest challenges. Hey friends, welcome to today's podcast. And I've really been thinking about this topic for quite some time because, you know, we all do this in our life and I've just been contemplating different um, things and how we do this. And the subject matter are labels and how so often we either put labels on ourselves, we put labels on the people we love, we put labels on our kids. I think a lot of labels happen in our life. And I just want to have you think about labels that you've labeled yourself, if you've labeled others, and really consider, like, do you want to keep that label? And I think, especially with the model that I teach in my coaching business, we think it's a fact. Like, um, he is a narcissist, or they are the golden child of the family. They're the black sheep of the family. We think that that's a fact. But in reality, if you understand the model, it is a thought. And when we think that, we feel something, then we create actions, and then our result will always lead back to our thought. And I believe that when we label things, sometimes it prevents us from you know, living our best life, doing, really creating what we want because we've been labeled or we have labeled someone else. So I'm just going to talk about some labels and just know that they can be hurtful and why we should be careful with using them. And there are pros and cons, and sometimes they are helpful in getting us to move out of a situation, to choose divorce. So I'm not saying that they're bad, but I just want you to think about them. So the first one, and I rarely talk about this word because I don't love it, and I feel like it's way overused in our society, all these Instagram and Facebook posts, and it's about narcissism. So I personally rarely talk about narcissism. Do I believe it exists? 100%. But I think labeling people as a narcissist, it feels very mean and very like, you're a terrible person. You must be a narcissist. You made all these bad choices. You must be a narcissist. But in reality, it's an actual personality disorder. It is a mental health condition in which people have an unreasonably high sense of their own importance. And I'm not saying that you weren't married to a narcissist. You might be married to one. Your kid, child might be one. However, is thinking the thought, my ex-husband's a narcissist or my now husband or wife is a narcissist, is that helping you or hurting you? So I just want you to pay attention if that is useful information. And it could be, it could be like, okay, I think he's a narcissist. He's never been diagnosed. I mean, I've really never met anyone that's like, oh yeah, I, I've been diagnosed a narcissist. I haven't met anyone. I'm sure there are people that have actually been diagnosed, but most narcissists aren't going to the mental health doctors to say, hey doc, 
can you please tell me if I'm a narcissist? That They're just not doing that. So if you have, that's one thing. But if you haven't and you just use self-diagnose or we love to self-diagnose other people. And so if you believe that, that's okay as long as you know, like, is that helping you get out of a situation or is that helping you understand that when you tell this person X, Y, or Z, why they react the way they do? So if it gives you helpful information, I think that's great. But I don't think going around, you know, telling that person that they're a narcissist is going to be useful in your life. And especially if you're divorced and you're co-parenting with your kids, I don't, I don't know how helpful that's going to be. So just, I think, pay attention to that. Knowing the definition of what a narcissist is, is very helpful. It could be helpful. You could be like, oh my gosh, no wonder my marriage is so terrible. Like, no wonder this person is this way, or no wonder my sister-in-law is like this. That could be helpful, but keeping that story, keeping that label might be unhelpful in the future. So just pay attention. Another one I thought is a sex addict or a sex addiction or really any addiction, drug addiction. I think when someone gets labeled as an addict, it is possible that that person, it could be like, oh my gosh, I didn't realize I was addicted. I'm going to start changing now. What can I do? Let me jump into a program. That is possible. But what I have experienced in my own life is no, they're first going to reject the label or they're going to feel shame attached to that label and they're going to hide even more and not get the help they need. And so I think sometimes labeling someone or be like, my husband or my wife is a sex addict. I think that creates a lot of shame. And is that true? Um, is it just a thought? Is it a fact? Well, you know, if a doctor diagnosed them, who knows? But just what I'm saying is you can see, like, think about it. How is that helping you? So just knowing any addict, a drug addict or anyone that's looking at porn Anything like that, is it helping them get out of that? Is it helping you deal with that person? Because it's a thought we're having, and it's going to create lots of emotions. And I'm guessing if you think the thought, my husband's a sex addict, you're not like full of love and compassion, right? And you could be. You could have curiosity and be like, oh, it's so interesting. Um, why are you doing these things? But chances are you're not. You're feeling anger and a lot of negative emotions, so it might not be helpful. The next one I want to talk about is betrayal trauma. And I myself really rejected this a few years ago when I first heard of betrayal trauma, which I know you think is probably crazy. How did I not hear about this? Because it was my life, but I hadn't. I don't know. I guess I wasn't on social media very often. But um Anyways, betrayal trauma is when someone breaks your trust and especially a spouse and does something physical, emotional, or sexual abuse is perpetrated against you. So usually it happens when a man is having an affair, a woman is having an affair, or addicted to porn, or there I go, I said addicted, but is watching a lot of porn that's how betrayal trauma happens. And it's because it's so, it feels so violating. Here you trusted this person 
you're married to this person, you think you have a monogamous marriage, and they're having sex with other people. It is. It does legitimately cause trauma inside your body. But sometimes I have seen from clients and women I've spoken to about betrayal that they then are the victim and it's hard for them to find their power and take their life back because they're so traumatized and they're not willing to try to get out of that because you can totally heal from betrayal trauma and you know move on and move forward however you have to do the work right and so sometimes women men probably too we get stuck well i've been traumatized so that's why i am the way i am and so that is very disempowering so labeling that for yourself it could also be helpful for me it actually was very empowering when I realized like, oh, this is what this is. This is why I feel this way. Okay, I understand that. But now what do I need to do so I don't have to feel this way? How do I get rid of this trauma from me? And that a lot of therapy, a lot of coaching, a lot of breath work, a lot of um, different other types of therapies. Anyways, and it's totally possible. Trauma in general, is labeled big T trauma and little t trauma. So what they consider, like in like the psychology books, what big T trauma are things like natural disasters, sexual assault, combat, warfare, terrorist attacks, physical abuse, witnessing violence against others. There's probably more. And I just think of our children Almost all my kids were born after 9-11, except for one. The amount of traumatic experiences that our children see every single day in the news with the pandemic. I mean, no wonder. There is a lot of trauma that needs to be acknowledged, that needs to be understood. But then what little t trauma is small repeated events that can have a cumulative effect like bullying, um, chaotic environments, aggressive environments, lack of trust, betrayal, divorce, instability, illness, abandonment, and we could go on and on. And when you, in my mind, little t, like, oh, that must not be as bad. No, that's not what little t and big t mean. Somehow that's just how they categorized it. However, just because one or the other, it could be traumatic for one person and not traumatic for another person. So I think labeling it, because I have four children. My four children have all experienced my divorce, their parents getting divorced differently. Does it mean one's right or wrong, one's better or worse? 100% no. It's just that they're different humans and they've experienced these things differently so that means we have to deal with them differently and understand them differently and have different conversations i think why we have huge epidemic of depression and anxiety and the thing is we label our kids i find myself doing this too they aren't their diagnosis we shouldn't be labeling oh they have depression and anxiety hey, this is my son. These are some things that he struggles with. 
But when we label our kids, it's almost they become their label. And I don't think that's very useful. So just be cognizant and aware that, you know, we all have trauma. If someone tells you they don't have any trauma in their life, they are in complete denial. (laughs) But it's totally possible to heal from that and to understand that and to get better from that. But we don't have to label it so it sticks to us and we can't get rid of it. If you've ever heard this, and I know you have, but he's the golden child of the family. I think this is very damaging to label our children the golden child or the black sheep is another one I'm going to talk about. But a golden child is one who is considered special by their family and chosen as a proxy for a parent's own achievements and magnificence. So basically, we're putting on our child, hey, son or daughter, can you be everything that I wasn't? Can you be this amazing kid? Like, talk about pressure. What if they make a mistake? They're sure as heck not coming to you and telling you about it because they're going to let you down. And that's such a heavy thing. They're putting, you're putting your child up on a pedestal that they will surely fall off of. And you may never know about it because they're always going to be trying to impress you to be better, to be the best. Yet inside, they're probably miserable or they probably have made mistakes since we all do. And so it's just a very, I think, delicate, like just even having someone, if you are doing that, stop, (laughs) I think. And consider, like, is this a good thing for my family? Is this a good thing to have someone be the golden child? Same with the black sheep, a member of a family or group who was regarded as a disgrace to it. Why we even have this terminology anymore for our children? I mean, they basically learn to live up to that, the black sheep of the family. Like, you know, aren't we all God's children? Aren't we all important and have value. Yes, some of our kids make different mistakes. Yes, some of us do different things that are challenging and struggle, but like the black sheep, that feels so heavy and it gives them no desire to even want to live up to any expectations because they're like, well, my family already thinks I suck, so why even try? There's a million more labels, like labeling someone that's they're smart well some kids when they think that they're smart and then they get a b on a test or a c or an f it's like their whole world they can't deal with that because it's like no my family thinks i'm smart and i how am i going to ever tell them this is what i really got so then they're going to lie then they're going to feel shame then they're going to hide And it really, for some kids, can really put them on a downward spiral, cause depression, cause anxiety, lots of different things that our kids already are experiencing and they're just going to get more of because we have labeled them. And what have we labeled ourselves? Like, I'm shy or I'm not very fun. And so it's almost we live up to that thought, even though it's not really true. There's no blood test out there. That's going to say, hey, Jennifer, we took your blood and you really don't know how to be fun or you're not very nice or you know what? You're not very smart or actually you're super smart. That's not going to happen. That's not a thing. 
right? Of course, we all are given different talents and different things, but we can always become anything that we want if we work hard and do the effort. And for some of us, that's going to be easier than others. Like, I'm never going to be a famous mathematician. I have no interest in math, nor do I want to be that. And I probably, I guess, could, but that's not something I want. But if there is something you want, like I want to become a marathon runner. I don't, but if I'm just using that as an example, I could be, right? Like right now, no one's saying, calling me, nor am I calling myself a marathon runner, but I really could become that. So I think labeling people can be harmful because then it's like we pigeonhole them into a certain box. And they may not want to be in that box, nor is it good for them to be in the box. So as you're talking to your kids, talking to your spouse, talking to yourself, thinking about yourself, of course, you can be a million things, right? And we all have different talents, but don't put yourself in, like pay attention when you're talking to your kids and what you think about them and how you're talking about it, because I think it can be really detrimental And it isn't a fact that we're any of these things. They're all thoughts. And pay attention. When I think this about my child, I wonder how that makes them think and feel. Because we might think like, oh my gosh, my child's so smart and you feel so proud. But when you ask your child, he could be feeling like, oh my gosh, mom, that's so much pressure. Stop. And then it creates a whole different model for him. So I just think it's really good to be aware of labels and how you're using them and how you think about them and what you believe about them. And is it helping you get out of victimhood, not being the victim in your life, or is it keeping you stuck? So just pay attention. If you've enjoyed this episode, I would love for you to leave me a review. And it's super easy. It will take like two minutes max. You can you know, give me five stars if you're interested or leave an actual review. And it just helps people find my podcast. And I would just really appreciate it. So anyways, thanks so much for listening. Have a great day. If you want to learn how to live happily even after, sign up for my email at lifecoachjen.com. Follow me on Instagram and Facebook at happily even after podcast. Let's work together to create your happily even after.